Democrats go down to flaming defeat in Virginia. In Minnesota, defund the police implodes. And a Democratic Socialist loses to a write-in candidate in Buffalo. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Speaking of which, how did you choose which internet service provider you wanted to use? Well, the thing is, most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate basically like monopolies in the regions they serve. Worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and then sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all my devices, as you know, with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN, you ask? Great question. It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone. It encrypts all your network data. It tunnels it through a secure VPN server so your ISP can't see your activity. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Your credit card numbers, all your phone numbers, addresses, like everything you need is on the internet. Why would you just put that data out there for anyone to grab? That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN. It's the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP as well as hackers and anybody else who wants it. You just download the app, you tap one button on your device, and you are now protected. ExpressVPN does all of that without slowing your connection, which is important to me since I run an internet-based company. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Ben right now to learn more. Okay, so Democrats, not great last night, not great, Bob, at all. So Democrats went down to flaming, ferocious defeat in Virginia. It was just a bloodbath, a brutal, sickening bloodbath, and very upsetting. It's just, I'm so, I'm just all broken up about it this morning. Now remember, Joe Biden had predicted massive victory while he was in Glasgow yesterday. It turns out, that Joe Biden couldn't be woken up to deliver the actual bad news this morning. But but here he was yesterday trying to trying to say that everything was going to go great in Virginia last night. It, it did not go great in Virginia. Spoiler alert. We're going to win. I think we're going to win in Virginia. And, you know, you're reporting it being close. The race is very close. It's about who shows up, who turns out. And granted, I did win by a, a large margin. But the point of the matter is that I think that this is this is going to be what we all knew from the beginning. It's going to be a tight race. OK, we didn't all know that from the beginning. If you look at the polls, Glenn Youngkin was down like double digits at the beginning of this race. And then he won last night by a fairly solid margin. According to The New York Times, Republicans claimed the governorship of Virginia for the first time in more than a decade on Wednesday, electing businessman Glenn Youngkin and presenting their party with a formula for how to exploit President Biden's vulnerabilities and evade the shadow of Donald Trump in Democratic leaning states. Youngkin, 54, a wealthy former private equity executive making his first run for office, elevated education and taxes while projecting a suburban dad demeanor to demonstrate he was different from Trump without saying so outright. He defeated former Governor Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat who, with Trump out of office, struggled to generate enthusiasm among liberals at a moment when conservatives are energized in opposition to Mr. Biden. This race was called pretty much off the bat. By fairly early last night, people knew that Youngkin was going to win. And it wasn't just that Republicans won with Youngkin at the top of the ticket. They also won the lieutenant governor's race in Virginia. They won the attorney general's race in Virginia. And in fact, they elected the first black female lieutenant governor in the history of the state of Virginia. I believe the first Hispanic AG in the history of the state of Virginia, which means, as we'll see, that the Republicans, again, demonstrating their vicious, brutal white supremacy in the oddest of ways by electing a very diverse slate of candidates to higher office. Meanwhile, by the way, over in New Jersey, 
in New Jersey. It is a dead heat right now between the Republican gubernatorial candidate, Jack Chitterelli, who no one knew who he was or knows who he is today, <laughs> against Phil Murphy, who is the widely touted governor of New Jersey. He was Captain COVID over there. He locked down pretty much everything. And he was supposed to run away with that race. The polls showed that he was up by near double digits, not like months ago, like McAuliffe was, and then the race tightened. He was up double digits pretty much a week ago. He was up eight in the Real Clear Politics polling average yesterday. And now that race is so deadlocked, it's going to go to recount. According to the New York Times, no less bracing for Democrats was a second gubernatorial election unfolding in New Jersey. The incumbent governor, Philip Murphy, was narrowly trailing a relatively obscure Republican challenger, Jack Chitterelli, deep into the night. A mainstream liberal with ties to the White House, Murphy was staking his hopes for a comeback on a strong performance in several solidly Democratic areas where votes were slow to report. Again, about 98% of the vote in at this point, and it's pretty much dead heat. The unexpected closeness of the race underscored the overall vulnerability of the Democratic Party. Much like Mr. Youngkin in Virginia, Mr. Ciattarelli appeared to benefit from robust turnout in rural and conservative-leaning areas of the state while making inroads in denser areas such as Bergen County, the populous suburb of New York City. Unlike Youngkin, Chiatarelli, a former state legislator, had no vast personal fortune to spend on his candidacy. National Republicans looked at his campaign as an extreme long shot. Even if Murphy were to prevail, it's going to be by a minute, a minute fraction. Remember, Joe Biden won the state of New Jersey by 16 points. 16 points. Joe Biden won the state of Virginia by 10 points. Brutal. Brutal. So Youngkin in Virginia, he said, today we are going to change the trajectory of this commonwealth. Meanwhile, McAuliffe, refused to concede as of late last night. Instead, he just went out and did like a weird little dance. It was very, very strange. Bottom line is, terrible news in Virginia for the Democratic Party. And if you look at the internals on the poll numbers, they're just, I mean, horrifying for the Democrats. Loudoun County, right? That is a Democratic county. There was a 19-point swing to the GOP in Loudoun County. And here, I must give a shout out to the Daily Wire's own reporter, Luke Rosiak, who's been doing unbelievable reporting from on the ground in Loudoun County. And he is the person who uncovered this massive scandal wherein the school board of Loudoun County was essentially covering up the rape of a student in their bathroom while promoting a transgender bathroom bill. And turns out there are all sorts of other issues with malfeasance by the school board in that district. And that county swung 19 percentage points toward Republicans in this election cycle. So investigative reporting matters. You should head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code REALNEWS to get 25% off. Honestly, support our investigative reporting efforts. They really do make a difference. Also, shout out to Christopher Rufo, who did an unbelievable job covering critical race theory across the country, as well, specifically, in Virginia. As we will see, Democrats, their plan is just to deny that they are radical at all, and then to call everyone who notices a, a racist. So 19-point swing in Loudoun County. Also, McAuliffe, according to Sahil Kapoor, who's a national political reporter at NBC News, McAuliffe, the Democrat, he ran a bit ahead of Biden among the non-white voters in Virginia. He ran ahead of Biden among those voters. He got absolutely clocked by white women. In 2020, white women went for Biden 50 to 49. It wasn't a bigger margin because a lot of rural and non-college educated white women went for Trump. So it was 50 to 49 for Biden in Virginia in 2020. Virginia 2021, Youngkin 57, McAuliffe 43, that is a 15-point swing to the GOP with that group. That is particularly among white women who are non-college graduates. In 2020, 56% of white women who are non-college graduates went for Trump. 44% went to Biden. Okay, so that was a, a split in favor of Trump, but a lot evener than last night. Last night, 75% for Youngkin, 25% for McAuliffe 
among white women who are non-college educated. Okay, what does that say? It says that when you have someone who is not quite as offensive at the top of a particular ticket, that you can win back all of those suburban white women. You can hold the Trump coalition, which is what Youngkin did. He didn't crap on Trump. He didn't spend the campaign crapping on Trump. Instead, he said he appreciated a lot of things about Trump, but he also didn't humor a lot of Trump's more absurd contentions. And then he made the issues not about Trump. He just avoided making the election about Trump. And he swamped Terry McAuliffe, particularly with white women. We'll get to more of the poll analysis in just one second because it's really fascinating and it does spell a way forward for Republicans moving forward. First, I've got to tell you about the greatest chair on planet Earth. I, of course, am talking about the X chair. I have a question. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you are working? My X chair can because it's like a slice of heaven. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for X chair. Once you feel the customized support of X chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair ever again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are the reasons I love my X chair. I can't wait to sit on that X chair at work. It's that good. And when I'm not here, my producers have fist fights in the break room over who gets to sit in the X chair. Take my advice. Try X chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. I promise. Head on over to xchairshapiro.com right now. That is the letter X chair, S-H-A-P-I-R-O.com or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for 100 bucks off your order. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. xchairshapiro.com. Again, that's xchairshapiro.com. Com. Okay, back to some of these exit polling numbers, just brutal for the Democrats. On the economy and jobs, 35% of voters in the Virginia election said that was their top issue, the economy and jobs. Youngkin won that group 63 to 36. Okay, on the issue of education, which was the number three issue among these exit voters, 15% of people said it was their number one issue. 71% won for Youngkin. 71 to 29 Hey, that is Luke's reporting. That is Chris Rufo's reporting. That is people who are pointing out what exactly is being taught to your kids in schools. That is not a Virginia issue, by the way. That is a national issue. And if Republicans don't hold on to that, if they don't point out, I've been saying this literally since I began my career. The indoctrination of children in public schools is a disaster area for the country. If Republicans run on the curriculum, they're going to win because parents don't actually know what kids are being taught. Okay, so on the economy and jobs, Youngkin outpaces McAuliffe 63 to 36. On education, he outpaces McAuliffe 71 to 29. On coronavirus, McAuliffe wins 78 to 22, but no one cares about that anymore because basically this is all over. Among people who said racism was their number one issue, unsurprisingly, McAuliffe won 84 to 15. On abortion, only 5% of people said it was their top issue, but 56% of those people actually voted for Youngkin. So all of the anti-choice He's an anti-choice radical who's going to stop abortion. That actually cut in Youngkin's favor. On immigration, 94% to 5 in favor of Youngkin. And so you can see exactly why Youngkin won right here. How bad were the exit polls for Democrats here? Okay, I'm going to go by, by group here. Okay, so among 18 to 44 men, Youngkin, won, uh, Youngkin was competitive. He only lost to McCall 52 to 47. Among men aged 45 plus, 58 to 42. For Youngkin. Among Latinos and Hispanics in Virginia, Youngkin won outright 54 to 45. He also won 13% of the black vote and 58% of the white vote. Devastating numbers for the Democrats. Plus, as Nate Cohn points out over at the New York Times, Biden has nearly the worst approval ratings of any president on record at this stage of his presidency. The worst approval ratings of any president on record at this stage of his presidency. Okay, so a few takeaways right here. Okay, number one, 
It turns out that telling your voters to vote is actually a better strategy than telling your voters not to vote. Republicans in those Georgia Senate races at the beginning of this year, they basically told their voters your vote doesn't matter and then people didn't show up and then Republicans lost in what is a red state. Okay, Virginia is a very blue state and Republicans said you should show up and you should vote and your vote counts. And whether or not you are concerned about voter fraud, the best way to win is to go and vote. And focusing in on, are they going to steal it? Is it going to be stolen? Is your vote going to count? Is a bad way of running an election cycle. It is a bad idea moving forward. Okay, point number two, run against the Democrats. As always, run against the Democrats. Make the Democrats your opponent. I said this throughout 2020. If people had thought that Joe Biden was the issue, Joe Biden would have lost. They didn't. They thought Trump was the issue, and so Trump lost. In Virginia, people thought Terry McAuliffe and the Democrats were the issue, so Youngkin won. It's that simple. If the election is about your opponent, your opponent loses. Terry McAuliffe tried to do that to Youngkin, and he completely failed because Youngkin is inoffensive. Youngkin does not make people feel uncomfortable. Youngkin makes it very... Youngkin did what good candidates do. He made it very difficult to vote for his opponent, and he made it very easy to vote for him. That is what good candidates do. Bad candidates... Make it easy to vote for your opponent and difficult to vote for you. That's what a bad candidate does. That's what Terry McAuliffe did. He went out there like a fool and he said parents should not be in control of their children's education. And then he kept doubling down on that while campaigning with Randy Weingarten. He kept telling parents that they are racist if they mention the phrase critical race theory. He kept saying over and over and over again that parents should not determine whether or not they are indoctrinated. Their kids are indoctrinated with LGBTQ propaganda in schools. That's up to the school boards. Right? That is it. I mean, he made it very difficult for people to vote for him. And he made it very easy for people to vote for Youngkin because he guessed he, he just kept shouting that Youngkin was a racist Trumpkin. He kept saying it over and over. And that just didn't wash because Youngkin isn't. And so Youngkin won. And these, are, these are major lessons that Republicans need to take for the future if they hope to continue winning. Also, further lessons. Republicans should not shy away from the culture wars. So I know that there's the smart set in Republican politics who are constantly saying that the culture wars are a dummies. It's a dummies game. Why are you arguing on culture? The answer is culture motivates people. Culture gets people up in the morning. You know, how your kids are educated in schools matters a lot more to people than their marginal tax rate. I care a hell of a lot about my marginal tax rate. It makes a big difference in my life. But I can tell you, how my kids are educated in school matters one million times more than that. When Republicans abandon the social issues, when they pretend the social issues don't matter or they are a distraction from the main issues, this is sort of how Romney ran his campaign in 2012. They lose. Romney did not run against Barack Obama's radicalism in 2012. He ran against his economic plan. That is not how you win. The way that you win is by pointing out the social radicalism of your political opponent and presenting a good economic plan, which is what Youngkin did. Also, this race made clear that Republicans can indeed keep together the Trump coalition and they don't have to have all of the bad tweets to go along with it. Kristen Soltis-Anderson, who's a pollster for the Washington, she, she has a piece for the Washington Examiner. She points out Youngkin got all the upside of Trump, but none of the downside. She says there's little doubt Trump will try to take credit for Youngkin's victory. To be clear, Trump quite literally phoned it in at the last minute for Youngkin after enough polls showed victory was in sight. Youngkin and Trump did not donate to each other. Youngkin said the bare minimum about Trump necessary to survive the primary process. What Trump did do over the last five years was engage many formerly disconnected voters and turn them into more habitual voters for the GOP. So that was good what Trump did. He, he continues to have an impact on politics by turning out the vote in rural areas just by having activated people who are now used to voting. That's a big thing. Youngkin's savvy move was not to embrace Trump, but also not to insult Trump or disavow him. He was not about being pro or anti-Trump. He was about not being Trump. He was about being Youngkin. Okay, and biggest lesson of all right now, Republicans have a target-rich environment. The Democrats are an absolute mess. They're a mess. 
Okay, the, Joe Biden is a disaster area. And again, it wasn't just in Virginia. It's all over the country. It's all over the country. I'm going to give you some results from other areas of the country that really cut against the Democratic Party. 2022 is looking like an absolute wipeout for the Democrats. I would not be surprised if Republicans pick up 40 to 50 seats in the House. I certainly would not be surprised in this environment if Democrats lose the Senate outright. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, if you're a homeowner who's been focused on your budget, focused on your future, focused on finding the right option to save money, I have something for you to consider. A mortgage refinance. It's a strategic approach that makes sense for a lot of people since rates remain near all-time lows, making it an excellent time to call American Financing. Learn about custom loan options that can save you up to 1000 bucks a month. That's right, every single month. Because they do more than just lower your rate. They look at your entire financial picture. They find every way to help you save. No pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. So why not learn more? They'll give you a free mortgage review and you may skip two payments if you choose to move forward. Pre-qualify for free by calling 866-721-3300. That is 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. Remember, those mortgage rates are basically at all-time lows right now. They will go up sometime in the near future. So if you're thinking about a mortgage refi and you're thinking, maybe I'll wait on it, don't wait on it. Go check out the possibilities right now at AmericanFinancing.net. Pre-qualify for free by calling 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. AmericanFinancing.net and MLS 1823-34 and MLS Consumer Access. Org. Okay, so it wasn't just in Virginia. Again, in New Jersey, that is a dead heat in a state that is bluer than blue. And that state has been blue for a very long time. Phil Murphy was expected to walk away with that race. He is not walking away with that race. Meanwhile, over in Pennsylvania, the GOP, as of last night, was poised to sweep all judicial appellate races. According to PennLive.com, Republican Kevin Brobson edged out Democrat Maria McLaughlin to win a spot on Pennsylvania's highest court. Unofficial election results early Wednesday showed Brobson, currently a Commonwealth Court judge with 53% of the vote. With Brobson's projected victory, Republicans will keep one of their two seats on the seven-member court. There's another election looming. The appellate courts were up for election, and all of them went Republican. And that's in Pennsylvania, again, which is a purple state at best. Meanwhile, in New Jer- how bad was New Jersey for the Democrats last night? New Jersey was so bad last night that the state Senate president, okay, law... Lost, apparently, to a guy who had a $200 budget and no campaign. That's how bad it was for Democrats last night. I mean, for God's sake, Democrats got wiped out in Long Island. Okay, A red tide swept over Long Island, according to the New York Post, with the Republican candidates for district attorney in both Nassau and Suffolk counties winning their races in stunning landslides on Tuesday, turning the campaigns into referenda on New York's controversial bail reform law. In Nassau, career local prosecutor Ann Donnelly upset Democratic State Senator Todd Kaminsky, a former federal prosecutor who voted for a 2019 law eliminating cash bail. Donnelly, who is deputy chief of the Nassau DA's Organized Crime and Rackets Bureau, won 60% to 40% for Kaminsky. It's a 20-point blowout. And so Nassau and Suffolk both go Republican. And it's in New York. Meanwhile, over in Texas, Republican John Lugin won a special election runoff and flipped a Texas House seat in San Antonio. That is a majority Hispanic district. Okay, that, so again, the look for a lot of Democratic retirements coming up, guys. This is a bad, bad night for Democrats all the way across the country. Meanwhile, in Minneapolis, you remember that time that defund the police was the big thing in Minneapolis because of George Floyd and Derek Chauvin? Well, that was on the ballot last night and it went down to flaming defeat. According to the New York Times, Minneapolis residents rejected an amendment on Tuesday that called for replacing the city's long trouble police department with a new Department of Public Safety. 
The ballot item emerged from anger after a Minneapolis police officer murdered George Floyd last year, galvanizing, galvanizing residents who saw the policing system as irredeemably broken. But the amendment's failure showed that even in a liberal city where skepticism of the police runs deep, many Americans are not prepared to get rid of the cops. So even in Minneapolis, people are like, nope, we are not going to do that. In Buffalo, New York, there was a lot of talk about this particular mayoral race. There's a lot of talk about this race because India Walton had been nominated as the actual Democratic candidate. She was a socialist. She was endorsed by Chuck Schumer and AOC. An actual socialist, right? And Chuck Schumer jumped on the bandwagon because he was afraid that AOC is going to run against him for the Senate in New York. So India Walton had the upper hand. She had the party's base of support. She just got destroyed. Okay, the Buffalo mayor's race went to a guy who was a Democrat, who was the incumbent, but who was not on the ballot. He was a write-in candidate. A write-in candidate beat the Democratic Socialist by almost 20 points in Buffalo. Byron Brown said, the people chose four, four more years of a Brown administration. The people chose one of the greatest comeback stories in our history. Meanwhile, India Walton said, I'm extremely proud of the campaign that we have run. I'm looking forward to seeing the final results come in. I'm looking forward to working with all of our current city electeds and all of the winners tonight. A Walton mayoral win would have been a win for socialism. Nope, just blown blown out in, in Buffalo. In, in New York, obviously, Eric Adams won. That's no shock. But of course, that was a city that had been moving away from the radicalism of Bill de Blasio in that city's primary elections. So if you look across the country, it is hard to find a bright spot for Democrats. And the Democrats have so many problems on their hands. They have infighting inside their party. They have no real direction as to which way their party wants to go. And so the infighting has already gotten worse, like a lot worse. Here's the thing. When they don't have Trump to unify their party, they got nothing. Because this party doesn't know whether it wants to run down the giant government path trod by LBJ and Joe Biden, or whether it wants to go the racial radical route that is pursued by the squad. They, they really don't know whether they want to be Clintonian or whether they want to be more along the lines of Obama. Barack Obama coined a, a new strategy in 2012. It was mobilize a bunch of quote-unquote dispossessed populations and, and aggregate those people together against the supposedly evil white majority. That, then he won in 2012. And Democrats ever since have been pursuing that model. And in 2020, it worked out for them because they were running against Donald Trump. And the media were able to savage Trump and block stories about Trump. And Trump kept stepping on rakes. And so they were able to win on that model. But they can't win on that model forever. So they have a choice. Do they go back to the Clintonian third way? Or do they continue to prop up the utopian electoral dreams of Barack Obama at the cost of actual power? That is a real battle going on inside the Democratic Party right now. And it seems as though the radicals are poised to win it, which is good news for the Republicans. If you're a Republican, you ought to be real happy with that. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, you've all heard about Policy Genius by now. Did you know they can also help you save by bundling your home and auto insurance as well? I mean, let's say that you are about to buy a house and you think, you know, what could happen to this house? So, you know, you put a down payment on the house and then an airplane hits the house. Well, you, you should have thought about home insurance probably. It should have been like your first move when you bought the house. This is where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. They saved new customers an average of $435 per year on auto insurance. They saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. And when you bundle them, you save a lot more. Getting started is simple. First, 
Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro home. Answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. And then Policy Genius will take it from there. They will compare the rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate and find you your lowest quotes. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro home. Get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and important and responsible to get it right. All righty, so the Democratic Party is in real trouble because they are not sure which way to turn. And if they listen to MSNBC, they're going to turn in the radical direction. So first off, let me just say, there is nothing quite as joyous in life as watching media figures react to Republicans winning races. N- nothing quite as joyous. So last night on CNN, we'll start with CNN. Last night on CNN, John King was announcing the results in Virginia to Jake Tapper. And uh, Jake Tapper is all the media writ large right here. This is this is this reaction is, is what the media thought last night. Just about everywhere. Terry McAuliffe is underperforming Joe Biden. So you say, okay, that's not fair. That's a presidential year. Is he underperforming Ralph Northam? I began the night saying he can. Ralph Northam won by eight, nine points. The incumbent Democratic governor. The incumbent governor. So Terry McAuliffe can underperform him as long as he doesn't underperform him by a ton. This is your live vote right now. Where are there counties where McAuliffe is underperforming Northam by more than 10 points? Oh, my God. By more than 10 points, he is underperforming. (laughs) Meanwhile... Larry Sabato, who had declared pretty much that everybody who votes in favor of the Republicans is a white supremacist because they've been taken in and duped by the evil critical race theory narrative. Uh, He was like, yeah, I'm hearing from the McAuliffe campaign. It's just a bloodbath. Again, there's nothing more fun for Republicans than turning on MSNBC on a bad night for Democrats. I'm not going to call it a blowout because we don't have the final uh, final uh, numbers. But I will tell you, somebody in uh, high up in uh, McAuliffe's camp who was there with McAuliffe, uh, Put it this way to me about an hour ago. It's a bloodbath. Uh, And so far, everything we've seen pretty much falls along that line. And while we don't have complete figures, anything close to complete figures for the House of Delegates, you can guess based on what I've just said. Yeah, man. So it got it got so good at MSNBC. Watching watching MSNBC was like watching several hours of just the last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Just when they open the arc and suddenly thoughts face just melts off. Right. Or uh, or, or when Belloc just it's just them screaming as the arc is open, just screaming until their heads explode. It's just the last it's just outtakes from the last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just spectacular. So last night, MSNBC hosts. Remember, Terry McAuliffe lost this race because he decided that a great campaign strategy was to say that if you were worried about your child's education, it's because you're a homophobe. Or if you're worried about critical race theory in schools, it's because you were a racist. Or if you were against the American Federation of Teachers, it's because you were some sort of horrible bigot and school boards needed to be in charge of your children, not you. This was Terry McAuliffe's entire campaign. And so the the idiots over at MSNBC, apparently their strategy is to just keep stooping that chicken. They're just going to keep stooping it. So, <laughs> so last night, MSNBC host decided it's not us that are, who are wrong. It's the children who are wrong. Here they were decrying dangerous, racist Republicans. Now, I just want to point something out. These racist Republicans elected last night a lieutenant governor in Virginia named Winsome Sears. She's a Marine veteran. She also happens to be black. Okay, so they elected a a black woman as the lieutenant governor because they are vicious white supremacists. They also elected an attorney general of Virginia who is um, a Cuban-American to replace a white guy, by the way, the, the current incumbent AG, is, is a white guy. And they elected Glenn Youngkin to replace a current Democratic incumbent 
who was in a yearbook wearing either blackface or a KKK outfit. We still don't know which. Yes, it's the Republicans who are the white supremacists, clearly. Here's MSNBC going with that narrative. The question for Democrats is going to be almost Rumsfeldian. Do you go on the campaign trail with the Republican Party you know you've got that they lie? that they launder the Trump racism in, in, in fleece, that they have a propaganda network that reaches more people than any candidate's ads That's in right. any state reduction. Mm-hmm. Do you adjust with this new propaganda disinformation, barely veiled dog whistle race stuff, or do you keep trying to fight on, you know, policy? Oh, yeah, because that, that, that was the race. The race was Democrats trying to talk policy and Republicans doing veiled dog whistles. Except that critical race theory is taught in the schools. And they tried to play this gaslighting game for months on end. You would point out that kids were being taught racial essentialism in schools. They were being taught that America is replete with white privilege, that it is inherent in every major institution. They were being taught 1619 Project garbage in the schools. And the entire take from the Democratic Party is, we're not even teaching critical race theory. We don't even know what critical race theory is. And then when you say, okay, fine, so what if we just get rid of it? They're like, no, no, no. It's super important that your kids learn critical race theory because otherwise they won't be learning real history. Right, the gaslighting was very strong. And parents were like, you know what? You can just go yourself. Like, we are not interested in being told that we are, that we are fools for, for wanting to know what our kids are being taught in school. See, one of the things that happened with Zoom school last year is that parents finally got to see what their kids were being taught in school, and they weren't super happy about it. That is for sure. And meanwhile, on MSNBC, the meltdown continued. Steve Kornacki trying to inform the MSNBC panel. So the people who hosted this were Nicole Wallace, who's a hack, and Joy Reid, who's the biggest hack on television, and Rachel Maddow, who was the moderate on the panel. Okay, so Steve Kornacki trying to deliver the news that um, Democrats were just getting walloped in Virginia and that New Jersey was close. You, you had to feel a little bit for Steve Kornacki because he was basically like the, he's, he was sort of like the Persian messenger in 300 who has to deliver the news to Leonidas that the hordes are coming, right? <laughs> It's just, it's going to go super poorly, right? Like Steve Kornacki is like, I beg of you, my liege. I, 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 it's not me. I didn't vote this way. I'm not going to, but I just, I hate to bring you this news. Like you had to feel for Kornacki, right? Cause he's just, he's just trying to bring them the stats and everybody at MSNBC is like, behead him. Why is Kornacki bringing up Steve Kornacki? He's like, I'm just the messenger guys. Like, yes, well here we shoot the messenger. He's a, you can see Kornacki's expression. He's like, oh God, this job, Ugh, some nights. Hey, so here's Rachel Maddow complaining that um, Fox kept talking about critical race theory. How could they talk about critical race theory? It's not like it was a major issue for people. What their kids were being taught in schools. Here is Rachel Maddow doing this routine. To have the Fox News Channel, our friends at the Fox News Channel, building their programming, particularly the primetime programming around this for months, yep. they're building a campaign platform That's for right. conservative candidates to run on it everywhere, even Though it's not actually it's not taught real. anywhere, even though it's not a real thing. Yeah. I mean, that there's there's nothing you could pay for in any campaign that would equal the kind of free help you'd get from that sort of conservative media. Just fire hose on the issue. Okay, I love that. I, I, you got to love the lack of awareness from Rachel Maddow. I mean, there's nothing like like free media coverage of an issue that Republicans care about. Yes, Rachel, I'm sure that's what happened in Virginia. What happened in Virginia, for sure, is that Republican media are just so dominant. They're just so powerful all the time in Republican media. I mean, what? it's not like there's a network that spends all day, every day, pushing a Democratic agenda. It's not like every host on a network pushes that agenda in the most radical possible fa- Do you own a mirror, people? 
You're on MSNBC and you're saying, oh man, look at those Republicans fire hosing Republican issues. I mean, just, just terrible. Look at Fox and, and all these conservative media. Okay, I'm just going to name a few networks just off the top of my head here. MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post. Right now we're not getting that. Now we're in newspapers. New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, Chicago Tribune. Every major outlet, every major outlet with the exception of essentially the Wall Street Journal and Fox News, every legacy media outlet supports the Democrats. And they're like, I can't believe this Fox News, these these Fox News people. Did it ever occur to them that maybe the reason people watch Fox News is because you guys won't report? Again, I refer you over to Daily Wire. Get a subscription because Luke Rosiak did the reporting these jokers wouldn't do. Our, our investigative journalist, Luke Rosiak, did a yeoman's work in Loudoun County. And you should support that work because your entire journalisming population won't do any of that work. Instead, they will just repeat that. Remember, the entire Luke Rosiak story about Scott Smith, who is the parent who was wrestled to the ground and called a domestic terrorist because he was angry that the school board had said that no one had been raped in a bathroom and he knew that his daughter had. Remember, the entire media just ran with the story that he was a domestic terrorist. It took Luke Rosiak to uncover the fact that he was actually just a rightly pissed off parent. Hey, but, and this is the theme over at MSNBC, just keep stupping that chicken, man. Stup it until it's not frozen anymore. Here's CN- here is Nicole Wallace again saying critical race theory is fake. It's all fake. It's all in your imagination. What is happening in sort of Republican America, it's not just critical race theory. It's it's saying, you know, fraud happened. Their people believe there was fraud, so they're fixing it. So, right. so Republican voters think Republicans are fake. Never mind that it's fake. That's critical right. race theory isn't taught. It means something different to voters. They think it is. So Republicans are fixing it. Youngkin's going to ban it. And some of it is just a question for Democrats now. Do you adjust to a terrain that is not fair, that is not just, that is That's all right. fact-based, but that at this tonight looks like it advantages Republicans? Well, the- it's unreal. It's unreal. They're just going to keep denying it. They're just going to keep denying it. And then they'll tell you it's super important to follow it. Now, here's Joy Reid, who's, who's the worst of the bunch over there. Joy Reid is just, the fact that she's on a nightly show is such an unbelievable joke. Because I'm not sure that she said a correct thing in several years at this point. So she says that when you say education in Virginia, what you really mean is white parents don't like teaching about race. When white people say education, what they really mean is white Keep on going with this, really. Like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back here. You guys do your thing. In fact, I would love to nominate if I if I had the power, I would nominate Joy Reid to be head of the DNC. She should be. They should just follow her strategy. Just keep calling everything you don't like white supremacy. See how that works out for you. Here is Joy Reid. And the exit poll showed that. that- which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus it was a very has low was not importance to many yes. of the voters. Which there. Was it was education, right. which is code for. White parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And I mean, unfortunately, race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. It used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. Okay, it was Glenn, it was, it was Glenn Youngkin being attacked by Tara McAuliffe as a racist. It was, it was, it was McAuliffe making race the issue. It was, it was that old white guy telling you that all the Republicans were racist. That was the campaign. Republicans were just saying, we don't want our kids taught that some people are worse because of their race. And it was Democrats saying, if you don't teach that, you won't teach history and you're a racist. Joy Reid accusing others of playing the race card. I mean, honest to God, it's like O.J. Simpson accusing you of murder. Like that's not, there's something wrong here. Joy Reid has several decks of cards, except it's like a magic deck. The only card in the deck 
is the race card. That is the only card in all of her myriad decks. There are no kings. There are no tens. There are no eights. It's just the race card. That's all. And she does it every night on her show for every issue. And then she's like, these Republicans, they're constantly playing the race card. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And then you wonder why we went crazy. And then you wonder why everybody went out and voted against the Democrats. Keep on going, guys. Keep on going. CNN's Van Jones did some of the same stuff. He was saying, well, you know, Glenn Youngkin, he's just the Delta variant Trump. Delta variant Trump, because you see Trump is like a disease. And Glenn Youngkin is like a worse, more virulent form of the disease. This is not going to work because Glenn Youngkin, number one, is not Trump. And number two, people do not see basic conservatism as a disease. Here's Van Jones. When this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Youngkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster and can get a lot more places. The suburbs, if they fall to him, you well, now that's have, implying that yeah that Youngkin is more dangerous than the uh, well, president, it, it, I, well, former well, president. No, no, more easy to spread. Okay, because oh. be, more more easy, easy to spread because if you if you look at what he's doing, he is playing footsie with the worst of Trumpism. Is he really? Come on. Okay, Wajahat Ali summed up this entire line of attack in a tweet last night. Former CNN commentator, whiteness remains undefeated. Let's wait and see who these white suburban voters went for tonight in Virginia. Any guesses? Whiteness remains undefeated. Again, first black female lieutenant governor in Virginia. First Hispanic AG in Virginia. Whiteness remains undefeated. Weird, because uh, nine months ago, Joe Biden won that state by 10 points. Nine months ago. So, yeah, man, whiteness remains undefeated. That's a solid take. Keep going with that. Really, just keep going. I'm, I'm just going to, really, please, please. All right, in one second, we'll get to more on this because the Democrats have a couple of paths they're going to take. And uh, I'm really hoping that they continue to double down on the stupid. First, let us talk about the fact that a lot of people suffer from nausea, right? You might get car sickness. My wife tends to get car sick. You might get anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, like a lot of reasons people get nauseous. But there's a great, easy solution. I'm talking about Relief Band. It's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now, through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. Relief band stimulates a nerve in the wrist. It travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you you're sick. Relief band just released its newest model, Relief Band Sport. The Sport is waterproof. It features interchangeable bands and it has extended battery life. My wife uses Relief Band when we're in the car. It really works for her. My sister also uses Relief Band. I got her one as well. As the holiday season quickly approaches, there's never been a better time to give the gift of relief. Make sure your loved ones are nausea-free. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Shapiro, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. No questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. Head on over to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. All righty. We'll get to more on the Democrats in just one moment because they are indeed falling apart. First, if you've been searching for a daily morning podcast without an agenda, look no further than The Morning Wire. Remember that Loudoun County story I was talking about with Luke Rosiak? Morning Wire was all over that one. They're giving you the news you need to know without the left wing spin, and they do it in 15 minutes or less. While we're working overtime to bring you the news you do need to know, we need your help to keep the facts trending toward number one. Subscribe, start listening right now to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like 
what you hear. And I will remind you again that if you want to support investigative journalism like the journalism Luke Rosiak did in Loudoun County that makes a big difference in how people think and how people understand the world, you need to support us by subscribing. We need your support because investigative journalism is super expensive. We need more reporters like Luke. So go subscribe. Use promo code Real News for 25% off. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty, so now the Democrats have a real problem on their hands. Which direction do they move? Do they move in the direction of the moderates, who's like Joe Biden? Or do they move in the direction of the squad? Now, here's the thing. Joe Biden is not moderate. And this is the problem with running as a moderate and then not governing as a moderate. It means that even if you're trying to look moderate, you seem as though you're far left. Because, in fact, you are. As Chris Wallace pointed out in Fox News last night, Terry McAuliffe was dragged down by Biden. He was not helped by Biden. He was dragged down by Biden. It's really interesting. There have been some White House operatives who've been putting out the word all day. This is not a referendum on Joe Biden, which is an odd thing to do when your guy, Terry McAuliffe, has a chance of winning. It almost seems like they have been pre-bottling, pre-butting the idea that don't blame us if, if McAuliffe loses. But there's no question that that uh, Joe Biden has had an impact on this race, his sharp decline in the polls. He's at about 42, 43 percent support in Virginia. If he were at 52 or 53 percent, I think that McAuliffe would have a much better chance of winning tonight. So McAuliffe, mm-hmm. instead of having an asset in Joe Biden and his agenda, has, I think, kind of had to carry him like a weight tied to his ankle. Hey, according to Jonathan Martyr, Martin over at The New York Times, even before the polls closed, a Biden advisor recoiled at the Democratic governor's talking points, noting Biden's swoon in the polls. They say it's not Biden. It's just that Terry McAuliffe muffed it. OK, except it's both. Right? It's that Terry McAuliffe did a horrible job in the campaign and also that Joe Biden supports all that stuff. OK, there is no daylight between Joe Biden and Terry McAuliffe. They campaigned it together. Joe Biden endorses the message of Terry McAuliffe on education. They are on the same page. McAuliffe was a so-called moderate. So where do Democrats move? Joe Biden is falling apart. The Democratic Party can either follow him and fall apart or they cannot follow him and fall apart. These are their two choices right now. And again, Joe Biden is doing a terrible job. So Biden yesterday, he was questioned about inflation in Glasgow. It went very, very poorly for him because inflation continues to dog American families. And meanwhile, this dummy is trying to is trying to infuse several trillion more dollars into the economy. The definition of inflation is more dollars, less product. And he's and his solution to that is more dollars, less product. Sounds great. Here's more cowbell Joe Biden. It doesn't mean these dislocations aren't real. They do affect people's lives. For example, one of the reasons why I decided to talk about the need to deal with uh, um, uh, uh, the uh, the operation and the gouging that occurs in some of the pricing of beef and chicken and other things is that uh, that's why I think we're, I indica- that's why I indicated to you we're going to look at whether or not uh, there's a violation of of antitrust laws and what they're doing. Good luck with this guy. Good luck with this guy. James Carville, who, again, is actually pretty good at his job. He's been warning Democrats, you guys are getting too radical. He's like, we suck at talking about the economy. Yes, yes, you do. I don't think the Democrats have done near good enough job of talking about how really good this economy is for workers. I mean, you look at the quit rate. I mean, it's staggeringly good. And workers have more power now than they had at any time in this century. And I, I do think that our communications, I think the White House communications have been bad. I'm very critical of people like myself that have access 
to shows like you that I haven't framed this work well, and I blame CNN and the New York Times and everybody else. Yeah, he, he blames everybody for the fact that Biden is bad at his job. And here's the thing. If you're going to follow the moderates, the moderates are with Biden on his spending plans. Okay, literally the only two people who the Democrats have decided are verboten at this point are Manchin and Cinema. Now, let's say that you're Kristen, Man- Kristen Cinema from Arizona or Joe Manchin from West Virginia. So you're in Arizona, a very purple state, and you just watched a blue state turn entirely red. Or let's say that you're Joe Manchin and you're in the reddest state in America. I have a question. What exactly is your impetus to now vote for Build Back Better? Why would you do anything Joe Biden wants you to do? Instead, you are much safer not doing anything they want you to do and then running and maybe winning. Or you can vote for everything Joe Biden wants and you can go down in flaming defeat in your home state. But the only two Democrats that Democrats will not follow at this point are Manchin and Cinema. Instead of taking their foot off the gas and pumping the brake a little bit, instead, they're like, yeah, Manchin and Cinema, no. So the, co- the choice now is between two losers, Joe Biden and the squad. Those are the choices inside the Democratic Party. And it's not going particularly well. It's not going great. So on the one side, you have the Joe Biden team saying we need to spend more money. If only we had spent more money, we would have won this election. If only we had passed Build Back Better, we would have won in Virginia. There is no evidence for this. None. Okay, no evidence that Build Back Better would have fixed anything for Democrats in Virginia or New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Long Island or Minneapolis or Buffalo. Right. No evidence that it would have fixed anything for the for the Democrats in any of these areas. Okay, but that's what that's Biden's case. Give me more power to spend more money and everything will be great. It's not true. And then you have the squad and the squad are like, or you could do this, spend even more money and also call Americans deeply racist at every available turn and talk about equity and how America's institutions are completely corrupt. If these are your two bifurcating paths as the Democratic Party, you got a lot of problems. So again, you got James Carville on the one end saying, let's spend more money. And then you have Joy Reid on the other end saying the future of the party is to spend even more money than the Democrats typically want to do and to racially pander in the process. It's the idea that the Build Back Better bill, which has got all the stuff for women and people of color, um, that's got all the stuff for environment, for young people, that that bill is seen as secondary to Democrats in Washington. And all they care about is the bill that in their mind will win them back like, you know, white independent voters. Do do you think that Democrats can take that lesson out of this? Or do you think that they're just going to take the usual lesson and, you know, as Julian Castro just said, go find another centrist and try the same game again next time? It's amazing. It's amazing. So the centrist, so the centrist argument at this point is what if we spend slightly less money than God has ever seen? And the non-centrist argument is what if we spend slightly more money than God has ever seen? And these are this is the battle inside the Democratic Party. Man, things are getting ugly and they're gonna get they're, they're, it's gonna be you know how many retirements are coming for the Democrats? If you are a House Democrat in a purple district, do you really want to run for re-election in this environment with this leadership team, with this media environment? Is this really what you want? You should think pretty seriously about it. It ain't stopping Joe Biden because Biden, Biden, you know, normally you say that when somebody's playing chicken, they put a brick on the accelerator. The thing about Joe Biden is he is the brick on the accelerator. He's an inanimate object who's been placed on the accelerator and he's just going to lie there. And what this means is that he has to keep doubling down. We'll get to more on that in just one moment. First, free. You know that that word? It should mean free which is why when you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that is built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, plus mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, 
With Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company of excellent coverage. That coverage has been getting me through the day for the last couple of years. They're awesome. They don't hate you. So what do you have to lose? Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch over today. So Build Back Better is the plan. And they're going to keep pushing Build Back Better. So Joe Biden yesterday, he's out there making the case for Build Back Better and just lying to you. He's saying that his spending plan is going to lower inflation. They just got blown out in Virginia, blown out. And they nearly lost New Jersey. Like it's still a squeaker. It's going to go to recount. And Joe Biden's like, yeah, the, big, the best thing we can do right now is just force through a big spending bill that nobody seems to like very much. And it'll lower inflation. 17 Nobel laureates on economics said it's going to lower inflation raise wages, increase competition, create uh, two million jobs a year, et cetera. And so I think that uh, I understand that Joe is looking for the precise detail to make sure nothing got slipped in in terms of the way in which the legislation got written that is different than he acknowledged he would agree to. Yeah, good luck with this. Meanwhile, Chuck Schumer is still trotting out the lie that this entire plan is going to be paid for. Because he, he has to push it, right? They just have to, they don't have a choice. Break on the accelerator, here we go. It doesn't do everything I would want or many of us would want, but it takes a big step forward. All the while, Build Back Better will be fully paid for and will ultimately relieve our nation's inflationary pressures. No one believes this. No one believes this. Okay, and meanwhile, what are the Democrats actually doing? This is the part that's the best. So the new Democratic plan, has in it a SALT deduction. They're putting back the SALT deduction. So all these all these tax the rich, eat the rich folks, they're actually creating a carve-out for rich Democrats in blue areas. According to the New York Times, Democrats were readying an agreement on Tuesday that would repeal a cap on the amount of state and local taxes homeowners can deduct as part of a broader $1.85 trillion spending bill, a move that could amount to a significant tax cut for wealthy Americans in liberal states. But some liberals quickly balked at the emerging agreement, which would suspend a $10,000 cap on the so-called SALT deduction for five years removing a limit Republicans included in their 2017 tax package as a way to pay for cuts for corporations and the rich. I love how the New York Times poses this, that, uh, that the, the SALT deduction elimination was designed as a way to pay for tax cuts for rich people. No, the SALT deduction elimination hit rich people. Okay, because the SALT deduction elimination basically said that if you live in a blue state, you can take your taxes for your state taxes and then deduct the state taxes against your federal taxes. It really helped rich people in blue states. Didn't help Rich people in Florida or Texas, where there's no state income tax, it helped rich people in California. This is what this is what Democrats are pushing. Democrats want that SALT deduction. Republicans removed the SALT deduction because they said, why exactly should voters in Florida or Texas who have zero state income tax be subsidizing the state income tax of places like New York and California? Now, Democrats want to put that back in. It's pretty regressive. Here's Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton, saying, uh, yeah, you guys who say that you want to fight the rich, why are you giving the rich giveaways? In the way this bill is likely to pass, it's not completely clear yet, depending on what happens to state and local uh, taxation, there will be a large number of people with incomes of, say, eight or nine million dollars who are going to see their taxes uh, go down. And I'm not sure that this was a time when people in the top tenth of a percent of the income distribution top hundredth of a percent of the income distribution should be getting uh, 
tax cuts. The infighting is going to get much worse. Bernie Sanders said yesterday, I think there's a compromise to be reached here. A middle ground, which says that for families earning less than 400000 they can take a complete exemption, but not families earning more than that. What exists is unacceptable, and one way or another, it will be dealt with. Just keep going to war with each other. Keep going to war. Meanwhile, Mitch McConnell doing the easy thing. He's saying, listen, nobody wants this bill. Nobody's calling for Build Back Better. You guys think that if you ram this through, it's going to save you? Right now, this is an unpopular bill. It is. Now, the only question is whether they even get the infrastructure bill. The reason being, right now, there's enough Republican support for the infrastructure bill to get it over the top in the Senate, right? You got Mitt Romney, you got Susan Collins, you got a bunch of other Republicans on board with the infrastructure bill in the Senate. When it goes to the House, it's unclear how many House Republicans are actually going to vote for infrastructure. And Democrats right now do not have enough progressives on board to simply pass the infrastructure bill because the progressives have been saying, we need some sort of commitment from Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema to vote for Build Back Better. But now Manchin and Sinema ain't voting for Build Back Better. Why would they? After the just absolute drubbing that Democrats took in Virginia, again, if you are a purple state Democrat or a red state Democrat, you can't look at that and think to yourself, man, I really need to move along with a big spending agenda most Americans are not on board with. And here's Mitch McConnell pointing out the obvious when it comes to Build Back Better. This is a bill America does not want and does not need. The ideal solution would be to not pass it. But if it's to pass, it'll be written by Manchin and or Sinema. Okay, and um, he is right about that. But here's the thing. Right now, I don't think Build Back Better gets done. Maybe at all. Maybe at all. If it does, it's going to get scaled way down even from where it is right now. Manchin and Sinema have no interest in passing this thing. It cuts directly against their political interests. And if Manchin and Sinema don't vote for that, are the progressives going to vote for infrastructure? And what are they going to do? Because if there are enough progressives who don't vote for infrastructure, and that, that's the radicals, that's Cory Bush and AOC and, and all the rest of the, the progressive Democrats who really have nothing to lose here, right? If they vote down infrastructure to protest Manchin and Cinema, their voters aren't going to punish them for that. They're going to reward them for that. So now the question becomes, if you're a House Republican, do you hand Biden an infrastructure bipartisan bill victory? Or do you simply vote it down and say, you guys had a majority in the House, you Democrats. We're not going to help you. If you decide to vote down your own bill, that's your problem. You guys can't get it together. Enjoy the enjoy the French fries, because really, that's this is on you. And remember, it's going to get worse for Democrats because Democrats pushed off the debt ceiling until the beginning of December. And it was Mitch McConnell who said, OK, well, this is the last time we'll push off the debt ceiling until December. We're not helping you at that point. So if you want the debt ceiling raised at that point, you're going to have to do so through the reconciliation process, which has all sorts of effects on how Democrats vote. Because in order to do it via reconciliation, you have to have essentially what's called a voterama, where everybody votes up or down on a bunch of popular or unpopular proposals. Democrats have been desperately attempting to avoid this. This is why they wanted a large consensus to push off the debt ceiling. So if you're a Democrat right now, you have so many conflicts on your hands, it makes your head swim. You got Joe Biden, deeply unpopular president, dragging you down because he is literally a human anchor. Okay, he, is, he is just an, a, a not animate object that is dragging you to the bottom of the political sea. You got that problem. Then you got the split between Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and the rest of the party. And instead of you following the rational people in your party, like Manchin and Sinema, you've decided they're bad. So you have to ignore them. They're, they're bad. They're bad. Okay. Meanwhile, you have the battle between the so-called moderate wing, which is like Biden, who is not moderate, and the squad. And that battle is breaking out into the open. And then meanwhile, you have the debt ceiling coming up in early December. You have no infrastructure bill that has passed. You have a Build Back Better plan that has no support from Manchin and Cinema at this point. 
The problems are only going to multiply in the near future. They're not getting better for Democrats anytime in the near future. And they don't have Trump to kick around. This is the best thing, right? Because Trump was the unifying factor in the Democratic Party. So they're just going to keep screaming January 6th. But guess what? It didn't work in Virginia. It didn't work in New Jersey. No one cares. January 6th happened nearly a year ago at this point. Americans are not waiting around on the latest WAPO investigation about who is saying what in the middle of the January 6th riots. I mean, nobody is, as long as that is not the key issue, Democrats are in a world of hurt. And the Senate map in 2022 looks increasingly grim for them. Right now, it looks very much like Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire is set to go down. It looks very much like Republicans in Pennsylvania may have a shot, particularly if Connor Lamb is not nominated for the Democratic Party. It looks as though the Senate seat in Wisconsin that looked as though it was trending blue may be trending red again. If you are a senator in Georgia, a Democratic senator in Georgia right now, you got to be running scared. Democrats, 2022 is coming for you. It's coming for you. And this is a disaster of your own making. You had one job. Don't be crazy. And you blew it. And this is the after effect. Feel the wrath of the American voters. All righty. We'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Moles show today. He discusses more on a glorious day for Republicans in Virginia. You can hear more details about that over on Michael's show that's available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, the Michael Moles Show, and the Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Host producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. Glenn Youngkin, the Republican candidate, wins the governorship in Virginia. Ron DeSantis rightly bullies woke businesses. And Amy Barrett blows it on an important Supreme Court case. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Hey, 